Good morning, everyone. Open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to be uh, looking at verses 13 uh, through 17 this morning. We're back in our study of 1 Peter, and we're picking up where we left off. Uh, I know there are some of you that thought, "Uh uh-oh, are we not going to finish this? Uh, I am a finisher, so we will uh, continue through 1 Peter and see uh, what the Lord has given to us here uh, as you remember, uh, in the first chapter and a half of First Peter, Peter has laid down for us our identity, who we are in Christ. And as we continue now through First Peter, we will begin to see how our new identity is to affect the way that we live in this world. So let us turn our attention now to First Peter chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 9, and we'll go through verse 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us go to him now in prayer. Father God, we come to you now and we ask, O Lord, that you would teach us of your word. That we would see and understand our identity in Christ and live that identity out in our lives. That the world may see our good deeds. And give glory to you. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. How are Christians called to relate to earthly authority? Clearly, this is the question that Peter is seeking to address in our passage for this morning. However, we might not quite understand why it is that Peter needs to answer this question here in the text. Why does Peter need to say to Christians that they need to submit to the earthly authorities that are over them? What is driving this question? In verse 13, we read, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Why does he need to teach us that? Well, up to this point, Peter has made some rather radical statements about the new identity of his audience. 
He explains that Christians have been born again. He explains that we have been redeemed that is bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of this redemption, because of this new birth, we are now exiles and sojourners in this world. Our citizenship is heavenly. Our allegiance is not to this world any longer. As Peter says in verse 9 of chapter 2, You are now a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And this is the testimony of the rest of God's word. For the book of Hebrews says that here we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. And Paul explains our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you tracking with the implications of these statements in relation to earthly authorities? If we have been born again, if we have been bought, if we have a new citizenship, if we are now sojourners and exiles in this world, if we are now a holy nation that is possessed of by God, then we are no longer possessed or under the authority of this world's power. The Old Testament parallel to this dynamic is the redemption of Passover. For 400 years, the people of Israel lived under the authority of Egypt. Yet the Lord called them out of Egypt to be his own people. As God's word explains, he redeemed them. He bought them with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. And by the blood of the lambs on the night of Passover, the people of Israel were released from the authority of Pharaoh. And through the waters of the Red Sea, the Bible tells us that they were baptized into Moses. That means that the authoritative power of Egypt had been broken, and through the waters of baptism, the people of Israel came under the rule of the divine law given through Moses. A new nation had been established. Pharaoh had no claim on them. For the Lord God bought them, delivered them, and made them into a new holy nation. Now, as Christians, our new identity in Christ means that we, likewise, have been freed from the domain of darkness. We have been freed from the present rule and authority. The sons of God, those who have been purchased by the blood of Christ, are now free. We have been baptized into Christ and therefore are under His rule. We are under His authority and do rightly profess that Jesus Christ alone is Lord. Not Herod, not Caesar, not a king, not a czar, not a prime minister, not a president. Our allegiance, our felty belongs to Christ the King and to His kingdom alone. Do you see how our new identity in Christ might be disconcerting to the powers of this world? Do you now understand why it is that Herod sought to have the new Messiah killed? Does it not make sense why it is that Rome sought to destroy this movement that proclaimed that Christ was Lord and not Caesar? 
Can you understand why earthly powers such as communism sought to eliminate this rival to their power? And why the governing authorities of this world are so often threatened by the Lordship of Christ? For the power of the government is the sword. They coerce behavior through threat of arms. But this is the problem for them in relation to Christians. What are you to do with a people who have already died to your authority? To a people that have been born again. A people whose life is not in this world any longer, but is hidden in Christ. For the power of the sword no longer controls us who are in Christ. For we have died with Christ and we have been raised with Christ. And we are a new creation. The threat that this government has to cause us to submit has been taken away and death has lost its sting. So the authorities of this world are left impotent before the army of God's holy people. And the children of God are free. And therefore we read in verse 16 that we are to live as people who are free. This is our new identity in Christ. Now, does this freedom that we have as Christians mean that we are to throw off the structures of authority? Does this mean that we are to engage in rebellion and lawlessness? As a new nation, are we to overthrow the current regime and establish for ourselves a kingdom of heaven here on earth? Right? Grab the torches and the pitchforks, as it were, and storm the castle of this world's authority. What we find in our passage for this morning and throughout the New Testament is that our freedom does not mean that we are to rebel, but rather we are to do something much more radical and against human nature. Our freedom in Christ means that we are called to submit To all people freely. Without coercion. Without threat. But in obedience to the Lord God. And in likeness to Christ. We are called to honor all people. Therefore we read in our text. Be subject. Submit. For the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as those sent by him. Verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. You see, earthly authorities have been established by the Lord to punish evil and to praise good. God has established authority as a means of holding back the flood of crime and lawlessness that would reign in this world without such structures. And as Christians, we are called to submit to every human institution. We are to render to all people, all people, a servant-like attitude that willingly and freely defers and submits to them. But this is the key. We submit, as verse 13 says, for the Lord's sake. We are to honor everyone. We are to honor the emperor. But we are to do it in the fear of the Lord. 
For we fear not the authorities of this world any longer, but we fear the Lord alone. You are free. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to rebel against the authorities that God has established in your life. Rather, in light of God's possession of you, obey every human institution for His sake. Pay your taxes for the Lord's sake. Show patience and submission at the DMV for the Lord's sake. Obey the traffic laws. Even the ones that you don't like. You say, why is the speed limit so slow through this zone? Obey. Submit. Not because you'll get a traffic ticket, but because God has called you to freely submit. Be subject to all governing authorities in your life. Show submission as well to those who are over you, to your teachers. Render obedience to your parents. Teenagers, I know you think your parents don't know what they're doing. And you know what? Sometimes we don't. But that's not your call. God has said to you, obey the authorities that are over you for His sake. Show deference to your boss. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Fearing the Lord alone. For our freedom in Christ doesn't make us rebellious. Our freedom in Christ makes us obedient. All honor and might and wisdom and authority belong to the Lord. It is to Him We are to obey and Him alone. However, in His authority, in His authority above all, He has assigned and established earthly authorities under Him for a time and for our good. And therefore, as we submit to the Lord, we are to submit to those authorities that He has established according to His wise providence. In Matthew 17, we come across a helpful explanation of the relationship between the sons of God and the ruling authorities. We read, when Jesus and His disciples, when they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your your teacher not pay the tax? He said, "Uh, Yes. And when He came into the house... Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? Right? An emperor? The emperor has a son. Does he tax his son? No, he doesn't tax his son. He takes taxes from other people. And when he said, when Peter said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Right? Jesus didn't have to pay this tax, this temple tax that was levied against him. He was the Son of God. He says, however, not to give offense to them, 
Go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. What is the point? The sons are free. And therefore, the submission that we render to the authorities of this world is free obedience. Jesus was not under the authority of the temple so that He must pay this tax. But He did it that He might submit to the authorities that God has established. We obey not because of authority's power, but rather because of God's power. We render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and we render unto the Lord what is the Lord's. And within that submission, there is great freedom. For rebellion is not freedom. Rather, it is another form of slavery. Slavery to sin. Slavery to will. Slavery to desire. The sons are free. And therefore, we freely submit to the authorities God has established in our lives. And so this means, when there is an authority that you don't agree with, you still honor him or her. You don't speak with rudeness or insinuation for those who have been placed in authority. You do not impute evil motives to those who are in places of authority in your life or speak demeaning of their person. When those with whom we don't agree are in power, we continue to pray for them. We pray for their good. We pray for their safety. We pray for their wisdom. We honor their office. We submit to their right to rule and govern even when we don't support the way that they are doing it. And likewise, our free submission means that when a politician we agree with comes into office, we don't look to them as our Lord. We do not look to them as a Savior and uncritically accept all that they do. Rather, we render unto such authorities obedience for the sake of the one true Lord. As verse 16 says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. But we are freely to submit for the Lord's sake. But I'm sure in your mind you've had this question. And you've probably asked this question in some form before this. What are we to do When the authorities over us call us to sin. For there are times when we are not to obey. Are Christians to submit to such evil practices as abortion? Are we to avoid sending missionaries to Muslim or Hindu or communist countries where it's illegal to preach the gospel? Should ministers perform same-sex marriages if the authorities require them to do so? Are Christian soldiers to obey commanding officers who order them to perform atrocities? Are wives to submit to the sinful desires and actions of their husbands? And are congregations to submit to the heresies of their spiritual authorities? 
And the answer to these questions is a resounding no. For our submission is a free submission. It is a submission that is rooted primarily in our relationship to Christ. And therefore, no matter what, if we are ever in a place where an authority over us demands sin, we do not obey. Is this not what we see happening throughout the book of Acts? The apostles are constantly getting into trouble because they are unwilling to submit to the sinful requests of those who are in authority over them. For example, in the book of Acts chapter 5, we read that Peter and the apostles were preaching and doing marvelous signs among the people and the high priest and the religious authorities were getting jealous. So they arrest them, put them in jail, and they say, stop preaching the gospel. A direct command by a religious authority. Stop preaching Christ. However, that night we read that an angel helps the apostles to escape from prison. And he commands them to go back to the business of preaching. And the council is all confused. How did this happen? How did they get out? What is going on? So they bring them back before the council. And there we read. They set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet here you are, filling Jerusalem with your teaching. Peter, the man who wrote what we have just read in the book of 1 Peter about submission, that we are to submit to all ruling authorities, is now acting in direct disobedience to authority. How does this work? In Acts 5, uh, verse 29, we read, But Peter answered, We must obey God rather than man. The free submission of the children of God ends when the authorities in our lives call us to disobey our King. For there is a disobedience to our free submission. Never haughty, never disrespectful, but with clear conviction and power, those who have been born again, those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, those who have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light are to face the authorities of this world and say, no matter the cost, we must obey God rather than man. For all of our submission on earth is grounded in our primary submission to the Lord God. It is to Him and to His kingdom that our allegiance and our citizenship belongs and not to this world. And while I love our country and I pray for her leaders and seek her welfare, in the end, all who are in Christ are temporary residents of this country. We are exiles. We are foreigners. And our obedience is contingent on the command of Christ. For now, He has called us to obey our leaders. He has called us to pray for them, to honor them, to submit to them, but never to sin for them. As verse 16 says, Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And that means there is a disobedience to our free submission. Now, I'm always humbled and somewhat shocked 
when I put Peter's statement in verse 13 into its historical context, for the emperor that he is calling us to submit to, he's calling the church to submit to, the authority that he is calling the church to honor is Nero. And it was under the reign and authority of Nero that Peter himself was eventually martyred. Yet it was through submission. It was through submission unto death that our freedom in Christ was won. For the Word of God teaches us that our Lord Jesus submitted Himself to the ruling authorities. That while He was the King of kings, He submitted Himself before the authority of Pilate and did not argue or speak a word in His own defense. And when Pilate asked Him, Will you not speak to me? Do you not know I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Right? I have the power of the sword. I can kill you if I want to. Jesus did not object to this statement. But freely submitted Himself even unto the point of death, even death on a cross. And we read, Jesus answered Him, You would have no authority over Me at all unless it had been given you from above. For Jesus submitted to Pilate because Pilate had been given the authority of the sword by God Himself. And through His submission unto death, the Lord Jesus Christ purchased for us release from the authority of sin and death and Satan so that we might stand before the authorities of the world and say, you would have no authority over Me unless it had been given to you by my Father and my King who is above all. And to all who profess that Jesus Christ is Lord, who will in faith repent of their sin and pledge their ultimate fidelity to Him, He has given the right to become children of God, exiles in this country, citizens of a heavenly country. Will you not trust Him? Will you not fear Him? Will you not freely submit to Him above all else? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we come to You as citizens of a heavenly country, as those who are seeking a kingdom that is to come. We thank You that You have gathered us together as a holy nation and a people for Your own possession. We ask that You would give us the courage to submit to the authorities that are over us. That we would submit not just in the things that the world sees, but that we would submit into the very details that we might show honor to You, our Lord and our God. Give us, Lord, the conviction and the courage that when the authorities in our life call us to sin, that we will stand knowing that it is to You alone that we must ultimately obey. And we pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.